0: Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish independent WhatsApp channel.
1: On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Hemant Sunim telling us what to do when things don't go your way.
0: When we are, you know, very young and have a first love, and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. So we begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh,
1: maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms.
2: Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. More chances, more prizes, more reason to enter.
1: Konnichiwa. You're very welcome to the Left Wing Rugby World Cup Daily we're here in Kobe. I'm Joe Schmidt has just named his team. I'm joined by Keen Tracy and Jonathan Bradley. Eleven changes. Johnny Sexton captains aside, and we're all paranoid because the team we're in the team hotel and they keep walking behind us. And we better not say anything bad about them. Keen, what what nice things would you like to say about the Ireland team?
2: <laughs> First of all, uh, how are you finding that big hot seat that you're sitting in there? Very comfortable. Yeah, enjoy it. Um, Yeah, nice things. We we really have to keep our voices down because I know when we did the podcast last week in the Japanese hotel, it was a little bit different because some of them wouldn't really understand what we were saying. But like this is fraught with danger. Um, Yeah, coaches and players are just kind of crawling everywhere. Anytime I go to go up to my bedroom in the elevator, I press a button and the elevator opens and it's like, oh, my God, who's going to be in here in here this time? But yeah, there's there's a lot to like about the team. We knew it was going to be freshened up um, I think circumstances have dictated that Johnny Sexton is playing this game I think from the start of it you wouldn't have imagined that he would be at all um, He captain he, he just spoke about it there, he spoke really well Massive honour, it was funny he hadn't even spoken to his family yet about it to let them know um, I, I think it's, while the circumstances have dictated it, it's ideal I think to have a player like Johnny Sexton to get this show back on the road and while any of the out halves in the squad could have done a job against Russia, having Sexton back and just kinda of driving those standards even behind the scenes and it'll be good for Luke McGrath, I guess, as well, you know, playing inside of him, his first World Cup start as well. They know each other inside out. But there's a lot to there's a lot to like about the team because I guess it's fresh and having had the same pack who started last week,
1: it's it's yeah, it's good. It's exciting, I think. Jonathan, you guys obviously did, did a bit of an inquest on Japan, we we talked about it on a Saturday, I don't think we need to rake over the hot coals, uh, they're probably not hot anymore at this stage, um, this is the best thing that could have happened to Ireland that they were playing five days later I think, it, it, they, that they could just bounce straight into a game and, and f- almost forget, they're, they're never going to forget there's a scar there that's going to be there for a long time about that defeat, but... They get a chance to move on and have a new reference point to move on against a team that really, if if they're serious about this World Cup, they should be putting forty or fifty points on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like we were speaking about it yesterday, that you know we were still sort of having our inquest into Japan, and we were very conscious of the fact that the team for this game is going to be announced at that say, twenty-four hours later. So it did feel like a very short week, which, as you say, is exactly what they want to sort of flush it from the system. And again, it's a fresh side. Um, so you've got that sort of change in emphasis as well. You know, even today with the Ireland media, you know, they've got Niles Scannell up, Luke McGrath up, John Ryan up. It's all sort of fresh, fresh angles. People that don't have that uh, Japan reference point really as as starters anyway. And when you look at that Russia team, they've obviously, they tried to back up the um, they're starting 15 is the first two games didn't make any changes playing Friday to Tuesday they've now made nine so while they do have the extra two days rest on Ireland this is also pretty much two thirds of a Russian second string that they're playing so as you say a team that averages you know shipping 30 points at World Cup games Ireland should really be looking to put 40 or 50 on them
1: Yeah I mean if, if Ireland are to consider themselves amongst the elite at this tournament which we thought they were um, their standing has taken a bit of a hammering that they they dropped to fourth in the world rankings which seems to be changing every day over here. Um but yeah like they should be I mean the the one risk I think and it's going to be for both teams is that stadium. We were brought, we were all there last night. Wow. I found it horrendous. <laughs> uh, it was the least enjoyable match I've been to in a long long time after the, the high of the kind of the Shizuoka kind of atmosphere and everything on Saturday this, just unbelievable sweatbox with the roof closed. World rugby rules dictate that R- roof has to be closed to stop a bit of wrangling, like we get in the Six Nations, which but is a good deep, thing. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing in theory. Th- no, I,
2: I, th- those debates about will the roof be open or closed for the Millennium Stadium is is nonsense. But when you have to fill a back page every day in the week of <laughs> Wales getting kind of keen, it's, it's a very different matter.
1: <laughs> but whatever about the, that, like, that reasoning, I and mean, like I do understand that that's fair enough. And in fairness, this is monsoon se- or typhoon season, so it could be really horrendous weather, and and there is one due it's not going to hit uh, in time but still that's in this humidity keeping that roof closed is horrendous yeah, yeah like
0: you'd obviously look really silly if a typhoon did hit and you had the roof open but like normally we trade war stories about like the coldest you've been or the wettest you've been at a stadium that was probably as uncomfortable as i've ever felt in a in a rugby stadium like and it was just from the heat the humidity even when there was no fans in the stadium it was sticky it was stifling whenever the uh, stadium started to fill up like there was just a sort of flutter throughout the entire crowd where you just see everybody trying to fan themselves with whatever bits of paper they had like i've never never experienced anything like it and as you say it made for a very dark contest really i think it was 34 um, turnovers in total England and the USA in the same stadium before that were more than that again so it's making for bad spectacles and it's just it is an added wrinkle that Ireland are going to have to deal with like they've said that they're not going to do anything different for this game really than what they've done for the previous games in Japan but even just as a spectator,
2: it certainly feels different, and the rugby that you're seeing on the pitch looks different. Yeah, yeah, it's never going to come across on TV how how humid and how horrible and sticky it was. And while the dropped balls are one thing, players were slipping as well. And even before the game, there was an announcement made over the PA system about like warning fans to stay hydrated. Now, Irish fans probably won't have a problem with that anyway. There's plenty of points to go around. But it is—it's a massive factor. And Joe Schmidt, yes, yeah, said today that you know they will kind of stick to, the, to what they've been doing. But it was interesting; Luke McGrath didn't say that. He said that they have a different game plan because they're treating this as if it's uh, a filthy night back home in Ireland, um, torrential rain. So, like that, they have different moves, uh, different you know kick kicking options. So, yeah, it'll be—it'll be a massive factor, but. Ireland have a lot of well there's a lot of fresh players coming in there's still a lot of experience there if you think like Johnny Sexton starting 10 uh, Bundy Aki and Gary Ringrose they could easily be your starting centres if it was a World Cup quarter final tomorrow now Jonathan we spoke about this yesterday I am amazed that Gary Ringrose is is playing again The, the RFU do such a good job about you know managing their players managing their loads Ringrose has played a huge amount of minutes when you include pre-season as well he's played he's played both games so far in the World Cup um, well the options are sort of limited I, I, I don't know why they don't give Larmor maybe a run there
1: and, and protect him. Is there any coincidence that he looks the best player in the pitch? Well, I mean it's the fact that he's playing so much Ruby means that he's actually ahead of everyone else and, and he's young he's 24 he's yeah. able for like we saw uh, Johnny Sexton and Sean O'Brien have the form of their lives in 2017 when the Lions asked them to play 2-3 games a week and I know player management is is a jewel in the crown, and it's one of the reasons players stay in Ireland for a long time, and I know it probably extends the longevity of their careers, but, you know, I wouldn't have huge fears about Gary Ringrose's ability. It might, maybe Lencer will, like, you know, Leo Cullen won't thank Joe Schmidt when he comes back after playing so much rugby at the World Cup, but, you know, give him a good holiday and get him back out on the pitch. Like, I wonder whether um, Ringrose going back to back to back is one of the reasons he looks so sharp, and others who, you know, for various reasons, including injury, haven't been able to do that because you know Joey Carberry looked the, the complete opposite last Sunday or last Saturday when he came on he, you know, because he hasn't had the training time because he hasn't played games he looks a shadow of himself and hopefully he gets a good run we pro- should probably talk about the fact that he's covering scrum half and full back this weekend jo- Jonathan um, unfortunately John- Jordy Murphy didn't come down to the media which I think every other team in the at the World Cup if they called up a player would think this is a nice way of moving the story on Ireland think differently we might see him in the mix on after us. but he comes straight in off the plane arrived Sunday I think he stayed up in Tokyo, Stay, came down in Tokyo, and, yeah, on the bullet then train then yesterday. Yep. Uh, trained today. Um, trained the house down by all accounts. Trained the house down. For which yeah, is that we was we that's we that's everyone always trains the house. Yeah, down no one's today. ever had a bad <laughs> training session. But fair play to him. Um, Joe Schmidt did make the point that you know this kickoff is not is actually a reasonable time in uh, back in Ireland. So if he, he does have jet lag, it's. Uh, it, uh, it won't be too much of a factor but it's a big ask from a player that you've watched closely over the last year Keen has doubts about him as a number 8 potentially but do you think that he's going to be able to do a good job here?
0: I think yeah, look, again without being disrespectful to the opposition, like if he can't play number 8 against Russia then you'd be asking about his credentials to play number 8 against any of the sides that he's ever going to come up against in an Ireland jersey, he's done it in two of his last three Ireland appearances and um, his last two starts, for Arlington, but coming at eight, neither probably went as well as he was playing provincially for Ulster as a seven. We spoke about it yesterday. I think it would have been great for him just for the added level of comfort if he had been able to come in at seven. That would have involved uh, CJ Stander being in that guy room. It was bracket of having to go back to back to back. So instead we see Peter Mahoney at seven. It's an interesting balance to the back row. I think like Jordy's going to be part of that bigger picture. I don't think there's any doubts about uh, what Reese Roddick can bring in a game like this. This one always seemed tailor-made for him. Like the, He was one of those players that there was a very real chance that this was going to be his big chance to start at the World Cup. But yeah, Pete at seven, uh, Jordi at eight, it is an and uh, it's going to be an interesting balance, I see, especially like Russia's back row is probably one of their better areas. Uh, they're very, very physical there. We mentioned, you know, like a former MMA fighter in the <laughs> open side jersey for them. So, Whatever
2: about the way the rest of the game goes, it is going to be a very physical bottle that's certainly there. Just on Geordie, I feel like I should defend myself. Um, I don't have doubts over Geordie... Over I just don't think he's a number eight and i think you can totally get away with it in for the next two pool games against russia and samoa but my concern would be that if ireland if something happened to cj Stander and ireland arrive at a quarter final without a specialist number eight within their squad that's where my concern would be i wrote a piece about it in today's paper jack conan is a huge loss even two, uh, four years ago at the last world cup ireland didn't have two specialist eights but obviously schmidt wanted to go that down that way and I don't. Know, it's, it's, it's probably it's, it's it's a topic for another day. But I guess it's a it's a it's it's across the provinces. There aren't more specialist aides banging on the door. And what Jordy is an ideal person to come in in that regard. I,
1: I think you're right. I mean, I, I think if if you're picking if you're picking a team and Jordy Murphy's the first. If if you're saying right, build the team around Jordy Murphy, you put, put him at seven. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think you're completely right. There are doubts about him at number eight. You know, he, he. But I think he's built a nice back row around him. I think he's got size. You know, Rhys Ruddock. I, it's... I can see we should have played himself into a big role at this World Cup. I thought he was one of the la- players that came on at the weekend and actually showed up really well. As well. Captain as well. Captained in the end game and I know the end game didn't go well mm. but I wouldn't really put it down to him. Interesting that Joe Smith said today that the World Rugby have come back and confirmed that three penalties that went against him at the weekend shouldn't have gone against them. Um, I think, we, you know, this is a bit of a team that's been running over the course. I was at Wales, Australia. You know, Michael Checker had his customary post-match rant justified the trip about the way the refereeing has been going. So... Um, you know, I think that the, the the those you know what what the, the the analysis of that post game of Japan as it, as it moves on, Ireland would feel that the momentum they lost wasn't just of their own; it was also due to the the fact that the referees' calls were going against them. And there's a couple of members of that same t- team, that refereeing team, up up uh, doing this game on Thursday. But Ireland should win. What what are the things, Jonathan? You're looking for from the performance. Um, disregarding the results, you know, because we, we do expect it to be fairly clear-cut and a bonus point and all those sort of things. What do you want to see? Is it handling the conditions? Is it Sexton leading? What, what do you want to kind of get out of this? I think if you see Sexton come in and
0: really command this game from start to finish or whenever one of the other two halves com- comes in, then mentally you can put an awful lot of the Japan game down to Sexton's absence. And then mentally that can build your confidence back up when you have Sexton for a quarter final. Discipline, again, is going to be a big thing. I think part of the reason why you know it's still being mentioned in press conferences, even that uh, there were refereeing mistakes, is, again, partly to try and build up that sort of mental confidence again so that if you are playing a quarterfinal and you're harking back to Japan and the doubts that it creates, um, you're saying, oh, well, we didn't have Johnny and the referee was against us. If Joe can cultivate that, then that's probably quite a clever thing to do for him uh, within the group. But again, you need then Johnny to come in, and the team to look an awful lot better around him. And you need to keep your discipline, which they
1: weren't able to do in the last game. Kane, Joey carby has been picked at number twenty-one, which you know usually means that he's covering scrum half. It was interesting. Joe Schmidt said he's actually you know without, he's covering full back as well. I would expect to see him there first, and maybe finish the game out in number nine if things are going particularly well. I think that Joey at fifteen, Johnny at ten is something. I probably will be Jack Carty by the time he actually comes on. Is something that could maybe give Ireland another string to their bow over the course of this World Cup.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it would have been something that would have been might have been worthwhile even building into the World Cup. I think it's very hard now to, you know, if he goes well against a uh, Russia or Samoa to come a quarter final and, you know, make a, a massive call uh, like that. Yeah, he's been they trained with the Kobe Steelers today this morning. Um a really good session by all accounts, but again every session is great. Um but he apparently he did loads of reps. Luke McGrath and Conor Murray have been helping him, chatting away to him, and apparently the one thing that Carberry couldn't get over was the amount of extra running that he has to do that he probably didn't appreciate that, you know, he has to be at, at every ruck. But yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, Jack Harty going again. I think just on the question he asked Jonathan, the thing the thing I the biggest thing I would like to see from this game is the 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 fringe players, if that's what we can call them, putting genuine pressure on the guys who are starting because it didn't pay off last week by sticking to th- the same team and you know the same pack. Uh, you'd like to see in Noel Scannell, Dave Kilcoyne coming in and like you know playing out of their skin. And while the the, the, uh, the standard of opposition is very different, you'd like to see them give Joe Schmidt something to think about going forward because you don't want players thinking that they're guaranteed their spot and. I think someone like Niall Scannell could easily come in and he pressure and Rory Best. Uh, the same with Kilcoyne. Even at Ty T- T- Burnley, we've only seen glimpses of him, but the glimpses that we've seen have been quite good. We spoke about it, I think it was yesterday,
1: that the yellow card he got was very harsh. Um, that was probably another one that came the back. Mo- the one, the Molly robbed off the was, Japanese, was, yeah. could have been a major turning point yeah. if, if Joey Carby had given that pass later on. It was That was a real moment that you know when we talk about Yep. Them not being able to arrest the momentum. It's an all Munster tie five as well, which the I think it was Munster's front row against Wales in that warm up game that kind of turned the mood towards the World Cup um, away from home. They all did very well. Um, Porter can probably feel a bit hard done by, but I suppose that probably means he's going to be on the bench throughout. Um, he was very good at the weekend. They, I mean, they took him off, mm. they brought Tyke Furlong back on after his HA they shouldn't have like Porter was actually making the difference but it looks like he's going to have an impact off the bench throughout this tournament
2: yeah he had a tough he had a tough season it didn't quite, kind of go his way and you know and we were kind of all talking about it which way Joe would go uh, in terms of the props and the fact that he covers both sides and he's going to cover the loose head again massively works in his favour but yeah he's in he's in great nick and the, the tight five for Munster yeah they, they know each other very well it's a uh, a big game for Jean Klein you know he hasn't featured yet in this World Cup and it kind of got lost again today and you know he, he has a massive point to prove because lots of people don't think he should be here so yeah I think the game against Russia and, and Samoa it was probably lined out that he was going to play in these two games and yeah he's got a chance to prove people wrong I think it really lessens the danger of the turnaround as well because
0: you're not trying out any new combinations in that tight five there's that real familiarity there
2: when you have when you had the one training session leading into the game too yeah and Reese and Geordie and obviously
1: did the same in the back row know each other very well so I went yesterday I went to, up to Tokyo for Wales Australia which was an unbelievable match yesterday morning got up went to uh, the Russia Team Hotel talked to Mark McDermott their, their Irish coach had a couple of interesting things to say but it sounds like you know, a scare is, is about as good as they, they can hope for over here by the time I attend Different trains yesterday, I went to the match and back. I have spent the entire morning in this in our hotel, which is the team hotel. Uh, I haven't seen uh, yeah, Shutter Island, it's, it's a weird place, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. kind of, I don't know if you talked about it yesterday, but it's it's gonna be isolated. So you didn't from listen the city. to the show, I didn't. No, I took a day off. You, I've I have listened to all of them, but <laughs> I haven't been on. That's well, all I'm saying. Both, you're both very sad. Uh, what's Kobe like? Well, like, I you mean, it, you've been, I don't know if it came up yesterday, but you've been naked bathing with your colleagues. Uh, Jonathan, you've been out and about.
0: Yeah, it's classed. Um, I <laughs> 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 haven't done any naked bathing, I must say, but um. Yeah, it's. I think it's probably my favorite uh, favorite city that we've been in so far. It's it's a really cool place. Like because the press conference was so early, yesterday we were able to sort of get work done out of the way and get a good walk around. And um, yeah, there's loads and loads to see. It doesn't feel like we're gonna be here for very long because it's a pity, isn't it? Yeah, we're essentially moving on in what two well two days now. Um, Keane, you got the official tour?
2: Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen Kobe yet properly at all. Like, I mean, yeah, we went on a tour yesterday. I'll get a, a bit into that in a second, but it was way up in the mountains. So we, I still haven't seen downtown Kobe or like the center of it. Even today I was out and about, we took uh, like a cable car thing. Up, yeah, up to the top of... a. Uh, uh, a mountain and you get to the top of the mountain and you have a great view then of Shutter Island here and you can see how so it's like a man-made island and you can see how cut off it is from well, everything else
1: One of our colleagues described it as an abandoned polytechnic yeah. It's uh It's It's like something, from, it's like something from Blade Runner Yeah
2: it's like So it's really like you go over the bridge on the train and you're like oh great I'm, I'm off that island but it's even worse when you're coming back because you're like oh my god I'm, I'm stuck back here again but yeah we did we did a, t- a tour of sorts yesterday because of the press conference was early. We missed the early part of it. Um, so, yeah, we went up to this really kind of fancy hotel up in the mountains and there was an, an onsen there and they laid on a, a really nice lunch. Well, sorry, the it was a fish-heavy lunch and I'm not a big fish fish eater, So yeah, I, I just held on for the, co- the Kobe beef. So we got a very small sample size of it, but it was enough for me to believe the hype. I know, Jonathan, you had a burger of it. It was like, it, it was... Proper, proper, nice. Uh, the onsen experience was, um, yeah, quite something. With twelve, I think twelve Irish journalists and maybe ten Scottish journalists. Like we kind of, yeah, it, w- it was quite something. But I guess you buy into the culture over here. If you're going to, if you're going to be ramming and stuff, you may as well be doing the, the, the
1: onsen. Well, you were all able to look each other in the eye last night, which is which was remarkable. Uh, so we'll report back. We'll probably get a, a, a bit of a steak tonight. Maybe you know, we'll report back fully. You get the, the full Keane Tracy travel diary. We'll, we'll finish that <laughs> off tomorrow. But uh, until then, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you then. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
2: The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school.